Hello, listening people. Hello. You are listening to Spin Polish Presents Unappreciated Masterpieces. I'm Ryan Slawinski. And I'm the bee. The bee? Yep. Queen bee? Herself? No. Man bee. Man bee. I have a friend who's called man bee. Shit. Like, I legitimately have a friend who's called man bee. So are you my Indian friend who wears a turban called man bee? Hi, man bee. So... Obviously, you are not Manby. Wait, if... is, he, is he Hindi? No, he's Sikh. We've gone over this and listen to the Bended Like Beckham episode right. in which I've already discussed my friend Manby. I thought that might have been So, him. you're Bartek, because if people can read, uh, they'll read your name as Bartek. I, I'm Boyby. Yeah, he's Boyby. Um, so, what is it that we do on Unappreciated Masterpieces, Bartek? Have we established that that's the name of the show? Or? Yeah, we're, we're, we're oh, called yeah, yeah, yeah. Unappreciated Masterpieces. Spit and Polish Presents, I'm right. Why are we yeah. called Spit and Polish, I hear you ask? Likingly, because we're always spitting. And we both happen to be Polish. Isn't that right, Bartek? Yes. Isn't that what, right, Bartek? Yes. What we do on this show is that we find those movies that, you know, some people, if you ask your average Joe or man be on the street, they'll say, <laughs> uh, you know, it's not that great. Uh, might have seen it once, didn't really care for it. That doesn't sound like my friend man be. Not your average man be. Well, your average one. Your friend is very unique. Yeah, um, special. Yes. Uh, and uh, we find these movies that people say those kind of things about. Not your Manby, but average Manbys and Joes. Uh, and we give them audio commentaries on this podcast, which you, the listeners, can uh, you know play it simultaneously to the movie, but only when we say. Oh, yeah, do it, only if you do it early, you're going to be lost. You're going to be lost. We're going to wag our finger at you. Wagging it. Um, did I miss any key points? We No, that's you you pretty much hit the nail on the head. So we talk about movies that need to be talked about. Movies that deserve the love. Because the general public and the critical public may not have uh, given this the praise and desire that it needs. Bartek, of course, what is the unappreciated masterpiece that we're gonna be uh tackling today? Ryan, of course, the movie that we are doing today is Revolver y Melonic. <gasps> Revolver and Bowler Hat! Yes! That's my favourite one! <laughs> yeah! Revolver and Bowler Hat! Yeah! That's my favourite movie! Wait, so you speak Polish now? <laughs> I've learned it! I've le- Look, I learnt it. Just for this specific day. And uh, only in this podcast will I understand Polish. So, you know, you can throw any Polish thing at me and I'll know what you're saying. So, you know, lucky day, listeners. Yes. I do know how to speak Polish today. We're watching Revolver and Bowler Hat, which came out in 1998. Yep. <laughs> of course, for you people going, wait a moment, the title on this episode doesn't say I'd appreciate masterpieces, Revolver and Bowler Hat. It says The Avengers, 1998. Well... Yes, they are both the same movie, isn't that right? Yep, the Polish localized title is Revolver and Bowler Hat. Yes, so we are watching The Avengers 1998, but we don't always do this alone. Sometimes we need a brave guest, someone who will swim the murky waters of these films. Today, we are joined with the legendary, the, the mighty, uh, you know, Earth's mightiest hero... Uh, you know, we call forth an Avenger can to I, join can us. Can I say a name? Yeah, sure. It, it, lo, 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 you say it, Ryan. Uh, Lauren Ties. Hi. <laughs> um, which is not Polish. Uh, in our first episode with you, Lauren, which was many, many, many episodes back, the we, discovered, yeah. we discovered what your last name is, and it is not Polish. So, no. um, 
you know, that's the answer to that question you're wondering, because, you know, we don't really ever have the luxury of having a third Polish person on here, unfortunately. You know, Polish people are very rare to find. We had one that was quarter Polish. Ah, that doesn't count. (laughs) So, we are doing The Avengers 1998. Yes, of course, different from the 2012 remake, which... Remake! Well, it has the same name, doesn't it? That means yeah, it's a re- yeah. In a world full of reboots and re- Oh, sorry, reboot. Sorry, reimagining. Ugh. Look, can't on, win with Lauren. On Wikipedia, when you go to that movie's page, it specifically says 2012. And if you go to the one for this movie, it specifically says 1998. So clearly they're separated because they're related. Or somehow. they're sequels. I don't know. Yes. I'm sure if um, Rafe Fines just pops up in here... You know, in here and in the 2012 Avengers, would you be like, oh, it's clearly John Steed? Yes. There would be no question about it. So, you know, this movie, uh, it is based off a 1960s television show called Revolver and Bowler Hat. Uh- <laughs> yes, in Poland it is called Revolver in That's the cutest it Polish is. title we've had because it's yeah. so okay. We've had a few on here because it's accurate. We've no, we've had a, yeah, it's accurate. We've had a few on here that are uh, literal titles of things. But boy, is this one the most? It, it's a funny thing. I don't even even think of a revolver in this. Yeah, like I think of umbrellas. It's like if you call this movie umbrellas and bowler hat. I would be like, well, you know, that's so, so I guess that would make it uh, Parasolka y Melonic? No, it would make it a uh, uh, Broly, uh, you know. Broly, right. <laughs> Gotta get the slang in there. And also, the localized title, you know, clearly was a universally inspired thing because all the movies we've had Lauren on has an article of clothing in the title now. So, Lauren, you know, it's, it's telling us that you need to remove all of your clothing. So, <laughs> get on to it. Um, and then so, for some... this episode, Lauren is completely naked. Um, imagine that. At you the can end, close she... your eyes, you know, whatever helps you imagine. At the end, she'll put on some thunderpants, a tuxedo, and a bowler <laughs> hat. And a, and a, no, and a revolver. <laughs> and a revolver. <laughs> she wears a revolver proudly. So don't worry so about the tuxedo pants. Get you your pants. copy of The Avengers ready, guys, because this movie needs to be watched. It is not just a film. It is a surrealist nightmare put onto screen this movie you know get your 1998 copy ready because we're going to start this bad boy we're going to start it now get prepared we're going to start in three two one play i like how you said 1998 copy so someone might have a vhs (laughs) (laughs) somebody might be sitting there going well i've got i've got my tv show copy ready to watch this say it was so hard to find this movie i had to go on itunes i wanted to buy it because i was like you know wow. buy the dvd did i mention that the version we're watching is a 1080p copy so it's the <laughs> highest grade quality oh wow might add this opening credit sequence goes for like four minutes I know. which is pretty high up there in long yeah. opening credit sequences I think we've was, done on this show yeah i think it was actually three minutes but it did feel long it yeah i added an extra minute just for dramatic effect <laughs> so what was our history with this movie guys uh, Bartek, let's hear from you. Um, I was aware of it before... Actually, funny fact, I was aware of it before I knew what like the Marvel Avengers were, because um... I heard someone make a joke about it like, oh, the Avengers! Oh, this movie's finally come out! And then he watches it and it's like, oh, 
this isn't the Marvel movie that's coming out. <laughs> this is some 60s spy show. Okay, so you had not actually watched it before, but you heard of its greatness. Yes, and all I remembered of that guy talking about it was that there's like a scene where people dress as uh, teddy bears. Great. Uh, Lauren, what about you? What was your history with this movie? I had no history with this movie at all. Oh, what? So this is... Did you know anything about it? Not really. You knew nothing. So when I came up to you and said... Okay, so I gave... Lauren is one of the only guests on this show that I say... Oh, Lauren, you want to come on the podcast? And they're like, yeah. And I say, oh, is, like, what movie are we going to do? And I give her always two options. And yeah. each time it was, okay, the first time I said Thunderpants, but then the second time I said The Tuxedo or 80 Days Around the World. And she chose The Tuxedo. Yeah. And then this time she's like, what movie, Ryan? And I just said, uh, you know, we could do 80 Days Around the World <laughs> or... The Avengers, and Lauren just fires back at me going, oh, yes, The Avengers, you know, the one with, like, half the cast of Harry Potter in it. <laughs> That's because I Googled it really quickly. And then and then you're like, oh, it's got, it's got you know, Rafe or Ralph Fiennes, depends Rafe. how, it's, it's Rafe, it's but Rafe. we'll let you get away with, because you've said Ralph a few times. Wait, Lauren, so. it's Ralph? It's Rafe? It's Rafe. Rafe, because he's... Rafe. It's Irish, right? Northern Irish. Northern Irish, so it's pronounced slightly different. It's spelt Ralph. I had no idea about that. Yeah, it's spelt Ralph. But it's pronounced Rafe. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's interesting, right? So he, yeah, it's pronounced Rafe because he's Northern Irish, I do believe. I, I should add with my backstory thing of it. In year 12, uh, our media class studied for like one of the topics, 60s spy shows. And uh, we didn't study the Avengers, but it was one of the ones that was mentioned in that class. Yeah, they give away in the end of this credit sequence, basically, they give away the big climactic moment, which is, of course, giant Bubbles. plastic balls. Um, so, yeah, you were saying? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that, that's it, yeah. That, we studied 60 spy shows, and this was one of the ones that our teacher mentioned. You know, this this opening sequence here, you know, I don't know how you feel, Lauren, and I don't know how you feel, Bartek, about uh, Rafe Fiennes as a man or as an actor or, or whatever, but this opening sequence and how he is in the film really reminds me that he is an attractive man in an unattractive film way you know he's what I mean bit, like, he's a bit like Benedict Cumberbatch yeah but more charming yes oh yeah he's very charming uh, the... <laughs> yeah is that... I just can't I, every time I look at his eyes I just think of Voldemort's eyes and that ruins it no mm. with me I think of uh, Grand Budapest Hotel oh mm. that's me too uh, you know that or um, Schindler's List yeah. uh, but the, this opening oh sorry I interrupted you. Uh, no that's okay this opening sequence Bartek is did you did you did you know what was happening because you guys went into this blind I've seen this my history was I've seen this a million times I my parents owned it on video I figured that this was kind of like in Suburban Commando where he like you know he fights his like people he knows but it's like a friendly thing so like ah you got me this time yeah, I yeah. didn't realise Alice was in the opening sequence yeah, yeah. I, I watched it last oh. night and that's the old lady that is <laughs> spoiler alert my favourite character in the movie <laughs> oh well um, she's in this opening sequence it makes me wonder how many of these people in the opening sequence appear later in the movie none I imagine other than her I just feel like I haven't yet said what this opening sequence reminded me of it reminded me of uh, the ending of Hot Fuzz yeah where he goes through the town it yeah. reminded me, uh, you know what this, you know what 
is interesting about this. <laughs> I love the fact you become really sus of the nuns. You're like, are they yeah, I was hoping attacking? that they would turn around with machine guns. Yeah. Well, with me, I was like, oh, the nuns aren't smiling like everyone else. So you know. yeah, so so they must be real nuns. Yeah, <laughs> I love this guy. He never comes back. <laughs> you think that he is because they've established like a character for him. Like I thought that he was this guy's version of Q. But then later on, he has his tailor that they say his name like a million mm-hmm. times. A nine. How the hell do you get a ten? I mean, it was the ten well, just hit? Oh, nine... I love the nun smoking in the background. <laughs> <laughs> just well, really right. dragging no, it in. A nine is the biggest digit. Oh, well, there you go. But Ralph Fien- uh, Rafe Fiennes has a, a weird kind of... He's British attractive. You know what I think makes him really kind of weird? He has such a, a, a mannequin face. That's the kind of feel, mm. like his nose, the eyes, the mouth. There's this sense, especially in this movie, doesn't help, but there's this sense of a lack of human emotions. Yes, I found that. But then he, you he watch, just kept a straight but face. even in this movie, he does have like warm-hearted smiles mm. and stuff, and in Grand Budapest Hotel. Yeah. So he's got this interesting kind of wooden kind of emotionless face but it still transmits emotion that we can get but it's not like the most expressive face yeah. what, what was the Coen Brothers movie he was in recently that I saw oh and Hail Caesar Hail Caesar yeah, yeah he, he, he was great he has that too but then later on you find out that it was like an actor's like really pissed off yeah <laughs> so Jim Broadbent the other Harry Potter actor is plug horn uh, uh, yeah, I know him, of course, from any movie because he's in every movie. Oh, yes. Yeah, the moment he's in The Legend of Tarzan, he was in Bartek's favourite movie, Cloud Atlas. And, and he's in Bridget Jones' Diary, which Bridget is also jo- one and, of my favourite. Um, he- I like how I didn't dispute your Cloud Atlas <laughs> thing, so for all they know, that is my favourite movie. Here's <laughs> <laughs> something. Who is that? Artwork. Uh, who oh. was? Is that? I assumed it was her husband because you know she's called he's... Mrs. Pugh. Yeah, but the artwork in the background's clearly of like I'm not saying that she can't be married to a bald black man, but I, I want to know who that guy is because I thought is that Dave Chappelle? <laughs> I thought does she have an artwork? <laughs> does she have a whole wall of Dave Chappelle? I like how the subtitles <laughs> didn't mention that the phone was ringing, so it was just she was just looking at it awkwardly and then she answers it. I like how she just eats that. What is it? Like one chocolate. The one I thought it was the cherry for some reason. I like that was how hilarious. yeah, London is bustling. Oh yeah. This <laughs> now this guy was a close second for my favorite oh, character in the movie. Guy, yeah. Who he appears in one scene, but he's a character that you know his history. Like I feel like he was born in this club on that floor <laughs> right there. Yeah. <laughs> and his mum wasn't re- allowed in. <laughs> it, it, it reminds me of um that that floor right there reminds me of uh, the floor later. The Stepford Wives. Oh yes. Oh yes. Yeah. yeah. Not in Beatles. Not since 1762. I'm an old man. No. Bringing it back to Stepford Wives. You know Nicole Kidman was up for the role of Mrs. Peel. Yeah. Who wasn't it. up for Mrs. Peel? Me. <laughs> Ooh, Voldemort, Voldemort, <laughs> and it's all white, so it does bring it back to that death of Voldemort thing so, where he's under the white. Yeah, but here's the thing: I said to Lauren, like, ah, oh, yeah, prepare yourself for a very polite, naked Voldemort, and I was not wrong because the one. Were sometimes with movies, even like these in great movies, even complicated movies, you can really sum up a movie with like one phrase or like one word, and this movie is polite yeah it's inoffensive it's gentlemanly mannered polite 
It's a polite little little movie. Yeah, and to relate it to something we talked about last episode in um, Nothing But Trouble, I mentioned that uh, you know Chevy Chase has a lot of one-liner things going around, and I like, compared it to uh, Bob Hope in the Pale Face movie. Mm. Uh, he also has one-liners, and that one is more like jokes, whereas uh, the one in Nothing But Trouble is more like observations at the time. Yeah. And in this movie, they did the same thing with uh, Rafe Fiennes. I have yeah, Rafe. Of, yeah. Um, but it's more, the joke there is, he's very calm in situations where people would panic. Who wears a hat in their, in their... Own he does. <laughs> Lauren, <laughs> what is the Polish title of this movie? <sighs> Revolver, Revolver and Bowler hat. hat. So, I love his dandruff. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why they added that. Um, I like the secretary here. At no point did you think that her and, yes, mother... Uh, were in a relationship but then at the end of the movie he's like stroking her hand and like she's feeding him Mm. the biscuits and it's just great and they were staring at each other Yeah, and for anyone who hasn't watched the movie and is listening to this episode uh, mother and father are opposite genders of what you'd expect yeah so they're the head of the 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 ministry mother is of course uh, Jim Broadbent, who is Slug padded up oh, right. to look much fatter than what he is in real life, yeah. covered in dandruff, but and he... he smokes cigarettes where he's two cigarette fingers on his right hand, near the tips where the cigarette is held, are uh, uh, yellow, brownie, disgusting yellow, and let's not forget, he's also a crippled man. <laughs> he is in a wheelchair. And my favourite thing about Mother in this whole entire thing is throughout majorities of this movie, he keeps referencing and quoting Alice in Wonderland. This movie has a lot of Alice in Wonderland. For no reason. It's kind of like, you know, I haven't asked this question with the movies that we've been doing on the show in a long while because I feel like they don't need this question anymore. But this movie really does need the question. Who wrote this? I mean... What was the thought? Like, all these questions, like, who wrote this? It adds up to what was the thought process behind making this? Because this movie was originally, it wasn't out uh, 115 minutes long, and it's now 89 minutes long. And you really do feel the missing segments in this movie, because things just happen. But at the same time, you go, well, even with the stuff that's, that would have been added, you still have to go, who wrote this? Like, what was the thought process behind See, it? Because I know they had the TV show to, to manipulate into a feature-length modern-day movie, but at the same time, it's kind of like, the thought process was, let's have every, every, every character be polite, except for Eddie Izzard. So are you saying you're confused by the fact that they had to put in a scene in a gentleman's club and a maze? <laughs> yeah, which seemingly has no reason. Or like, look at his fingers. Mm. But um, or that you know, father here is clearly a Nazi. Um, also, it's not mentioned in the movie, but father's apparently blind. Oh yeah, yes, but you could just yes. tell by the acting. Yeah. The acting because she's like. Petunia? Yes, the other Harry Potter actor she's has entered. A, she's got a bit of a Doctor Strange love going on. Oh, yeah. Except that she's not the crippled one, it's mother. Oh, role reversals. Mm. Again and again. Oh, and Doctor Strange was an ex-Nazi, so that... There is. you go, see. Well, yeah. Ex-Nazi? Still kind of a Nazi. 
Well, X in the sense that the Nazi he's regime hanging is no out with Germany. I mean, America now. Oh, yeah, America's, well, America's now known at all Nazis. So, um, here we are. The infamous sword fight sequence. I haven't seen such an emotional sword fight since, oh, I don't know, Zorro. Uh, <laughs> you know, fun fact about this movie is that, uh, you know, Rafe Fiennes is in it. Uh, that's my fun fact. In case you were wondering, is that him? Yeah. You know, Rafe Fiennes is one of my mum's favourite actors. Really? Does she call him Rafe? No. Oh, <laughs> so mustn't be that favourite then. <laughs> I mean, so, we haven't talked about the, the, uh, the ugly duckling in the room, Uma Thurman. Um, oh. yeah, I don't think that she, look, I'll be in the majority, I'll be in the minority here. I don't think that she's that attractive. And hold on, hold on. I've never thought that. Like, oh, she works in Pulp Fiction, but I don't think she's attractive in Pulp Fiction. I think she's just a woman with... I don't know. She's she's just awkward, which is great for this movie because you need two characters who are so polite and so mannered, yet they're socially awkward. Okay, so both of them. Both, both of, of them. them. So Rafe and Uma uh, were both Lovers. on the one of the 100... 100- Sexiest stars in film history, as it, um, according really? to Empire Magazine, in 1995. Well, this is a few years after yes. their prime, I guess. So, I guess I'm right. So, which dynamic do you guys like more, these two or the two from the tuxedo? Uh, I prefer the dynamic. Oh, that's a good question. I prefer the dynamic in Revolver and Bowler Hat. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, you know, you don't think that a revolver could fit into a bowler hat, but it just does. Mm. You know how you mentioned revolvers are like tiny guns that like pack a punch. Yeah. They... And that hat, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's kind of bulletproof. <laughs> Was it? <laughs> no, no. Is it because he yeah, blocks, bu- no, no. he God. blocks bullets with it, but then when Sean, Con- oh yeah, Sean, Sean Connery's Connery. in, oh, there's Eddie Izzard. What? Sean Connery's in this movie. He throws his darts and it goes through his hat. Yeah. Well, darts are sharper than bullets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's got me there, actually. Uh, you know what? I, I, I'm done. <laughs> and I just leave and I never come back. And okay. then you just hear me at the end of the podcast going, you just hear in the background, like, I can't believe it. Like, they're sharper. <laughs> Did I miss Can we talk about Eddie Can we not? No, let's talk about him as much as he talks in the movie. Okay, (laughs) Okay, so about Eddie Izzard. Who has the better fat suit? The mother in this movie or the number two tenor in Thunderpants? Uh, I'm going to go with... uh, Thunderpants. James Brown in (laughs) (laughs) The Tuxedo. (laughs) So, Rafe Fiennes' car is... You know how James... Okay, obviously... The Avengers was a kind of what if James Bond was on TV kind of show, but it was like, you know, man-woman kind of dynamic, you know, because James Bond is just a single ladies man who, like, fucks women. I do like how Sean Connery, who is James Bond, um, tries to rape Uma Thurman at one point. (laughs) Like, you know, just go... I was like, this is taking a dark turn. (laughs) So, and you know what stopped, you remember what stopped him? The doorbell, wasn't it? The, the doorbell was ringing, and he has a butler that's already been established, and he's just like, oh, I could rape this woman and forget the doorbell, but manners. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a joke, guys. You, you know what Uma Thurman should have said to Sean Connery? What? 
Doctor No. <laughs> <laughs> he is a doctor in this movie, isn't he? No, no, no. He's just a he's sir. Sir August de Winter. Look at that penis in the background. Do you, Apparently the original character was called Merryweather. Did you know that the rest of his family are also obsessed with weather to the point in which they're called May, June, July? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I, you know what I love? At this point in the movie, we've set up that August de Winter is insane because he believes that aliens are controlling the weather and that's never picked up again. You know what I mean? Like, at this point, Rafe Fiennes just told her, you know, yes, he's he's a bit weird, you know, a bit eccentric. You know, there's some philosophies that I don't agree with. He believes that aliens are controlling the weather. I completely forgot about that, so when you said that, I was like, what? And it's just like, <laughs> what point does that even come across? Because it seems like August de Winter knows that aliens are controlling weather because he is controlling the weather. Well, look, if you can... Does that make him an alien? Wouldn't it be a plot twist that the lightning was actually his mother's ship sucking him back up at the end? Well, you know, aliens... The maze, all this stuff that, like, it's in the movie for a specific reason. You know what it is, right? What? Come on, you know. You know, uh, it's it's that... It all fit, think about it. fits together, you know. Uh, no fate, probably. Destiny. Sorry, but what is it about her? Because I'm getting distracted by the fact that he has a painting of her that is never explained or brought mm. up again. Does this add to the maze? Yeah, totally, absolutely. Yeah, is sure. it that the writer really wanted to psychoanalyze the audience Can we to talk about this butler? enter? Yeah, the butler who never answered the rape doorbell. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, is it because this movie is a surreal film? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Totally. Is that what you're getting at, Barton? Yep, absolutely. This movie is not your average Hollywood blockbuster movie. It is a surreal movie. I'm not saying that Salvador Dali had a wet dream and it went onto the script and it went onto a piece of paper and then somebody wrote that semen into a script and that script was Revolver and Bowler Hat. So are but you I'm saying, pretty sure that's what happened. So you're saying that in The Persistence of Memory, the melting clocks look like that because they made a paper and rain made it like look all messed up? Yeah, it was all August de Winter's fault. <laughs> wow. Um, so here's the thing. In England... Is winter in August? No. Uh, are they in the northern... Ter- is it separated by northern territory? That's uh, not territory. Hemisphere and southern hemisphere? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the Greenwich. The Greenwich. They're in the Caribbean. northern hemisphere, yes. so I guess. Because his name's August to winter, and it would be weird if he was... August was not a winter month, June, July. and he was oh, winter. S- Wait, no, no, that it's, makes it's, it summer yeah, in Yeah, it's England. summer over there. So what's his fucking problem, August? Like, <laughs> I guess why it's... Was, Ir- like, why didn't they call him something like winter, winter... You know what I mean? Maybe like, maybe that's his tragedy. His he summer really wanted and winter to, at the same time. He, he, uh, he wanted to be, you know, de January, de February, or de December. So, Could you wrote, December? you, yes. Lauren and I both wrote the iconic uh, quote that you can never forget from Sean Connery that you never thought that you would hear, which is the iconic, what is it? It's like, um, never, one, one should, one should never, never fear being, being wet. <laughs> it's just like... All the sexual innuendos in this movie are he's, on purpose. Because he's an, a, he's like, an avid scuba diver. Yes. The sexual innuendos in this movie are, of course, on purpose. I reckon he's because just it's obsessed f- with her. 
Well, yeah, he has a portrait of her yeah. above his piano. Um, Wasn't that related to, like, the original storyline? We will something? get into this original storyline, because there's so many different sources saying what the original storyline was. Like, at one point, it's not actually a clone of her, it's a robot. Yes. I don't know. <laughs> My favorite... Can we... We haven't even talked about the plot. At this point, <laughs> here's the plot. The plot, okay. I don't This is the hard know. part. I didn't even know <laughs> Okay, okay. Point. Here's the plot at the moment. Okay. <clears throat> John Steed is a super secret agent for the Ministry, which is, you know, the super spy agency of Britain. And they believe that a, uh, a, a weather base was destroyed... Uh, weather base was sabotaged, destroyed by Uma Thurman... They believe that Uma Thurman is the person because of clear video surveillance has proven that she did it. But for reasons unknown to us, the audience, they decide that their chief leading suspect should also be the head investigator of the actual incident. So they pair her, the lead suspect, with the super secret agent John Steed to investigate what actually happened. For some unknown reason, a surrealist reason, probably. They believe Sir August de Winter has something to do with it, even though he has not done anything at all menacing or weird at any point to indicate that he is in it, other than he is a rich, powerful billionaire who has invested his life into the weather. And that's the plot right now. So it feels like you're kind of lost in a maze. It's kind of like I entered a telephone booth in the middle of the forest and it's ringing for some reason to tell me that I'm trespassing. Uh, I couldn't hear it properly because it was too windy outside. <laughs> and I'm just genuinely polite about it, going, I'm afraid I can't hear you, darling. So I Apparently, got... <laughs> isn't this meant to be on the island? Since when have we seen the water? What island? What? He drove up to the mansion. It's at the mansion. What I'm island? So confused. What island are you talking about? <laughs> oh, the one at the end of the movie. Mm. He's like, no, it's because he uses these telephone booths to like as an elevator as an elevator thing oh, so into like the Harry underground. Potter. Oh, exactly into the like I'm exactly yeah. like oh. Harry Potter. I will admit, like. <laughs> During that portion where he walked up the elevator, I kind of zoned out because I was thinking about something else. So when I started paying attention to the movie, I'm like, wait, he's in a phone booth in a forest? What? <laughs> yeah, well, he's the thing. There's no transition to that point. Yeah. This is... Okay, I'm, I want you to see if you can name a few other scenes, but I'm going to name a few scenes that I, for me, uh, I feel are exceptionally beautiful in this movie because they are so surreal and out of nowhere. And that's the beauty of it. Well, this scene, of course. I like this, one. this scene where it is like he's just come out of the wardrobe and he's entered Narnia just to get shot. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, there's the scene in which uh, she's about to uh, get raped and then she runs away into a weird room. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That never ends. Never, ever ends. And here's the thing there's. Other options of where she can go, but she just keeps going straight. Mm -mm. And she breaks... There's that one. There's the other time that they... Oh, the bears. Yes, the teddy bears. The bears. Uh. The whole chase sequence with the bears. And, of course, another sequence... insects. No, that wasn't as surreal for me, but it is good. No, the other sequence I wanted to mention 
was that Alice, who he had not mm-hmm. properly met, gets hit over the head by Eddie Izzard, and then at the end of the movie, she randomly appears in this really kind of surreal manner for me, personally, where Jim Broadbent's going, if only we knew what was happening, and then she comes in and goes, yeah, here's his list of demands. But she does it in this way where she kind of just, like, floats in. Like, Mm -hmm. she just kind of walks in, and she's just kind of, like, walking in a way where it's kind of like she's ethereal, and it's just like, okay. Are you trying to tell me that a movie full of Alice in Wonderland references is surreal? Okay, why is this an Alice in Wonderland movie? Because at no point did, like, I actually pick it up until, like, when he started quoting it. And then I'm like, so is this well, movie supposed to be Alice in and Wonderland? And Winter's company's called Winter Wonderland. In the maze, mm. she falls down a rabbit hole, stuff she like that. She has... There's a cat named Alice. Is it supposed to be Muhammad Ali? I'm still looking at this <laughs> thing in my background. Is that Chevy Chase? It's a boxer. Oh my god, it kind of does look like Dave Chappelle. <laughs> I'm not wrong, am I? Wouldn't it be a plot twist if we were all wrong and it was Louis C.K.? <laughs> so, um, yeah, so what are the surreal moments for you? What were the moments where you're like, okay, I'm kind of lost now? Because this movie is a movie that keeps you lost on purpose. It's, it is like a maze. At one moment you think you're almost out, and then, oh, you hit a wall. So, made of hedge. Made of hedge. So what about you, Lauren? What was I'm some... trying to think. It's hard because I listed all the great ones. Yes, you did. But what about the fact that he just got shot by her and now they're having yeah, a polite conversation and while and a piano and plays and itself? Yes, because yeah. like you said, it's I love the, I like this room. I just like the design of it. Yeah, because it's not at all evil. Yeah. So, yeah, this movie, uh, for you guys being first-timers to this, what did you think the plot was going to be? About, like, you know, when you watch a movie and they're setting up what's going to happen and you know, like, you have an expectation or you know how the movie's going to play out. I thought it was going to be a bit like the tuxedo, except you switch the water with um, the weather. So I totally went in there, like, thinking like that. And then I was like, what is this actually about? Jackie Chan would have been nice in this movie. Um, would it be a surprise if Ray Fiennes was actually Jackie Chan? Yeah, just like squint your eyes like, oh, it is Jackie. No, he just rips off his face <laughs> and it's Jackie Chan underneath. He's like, I'm around. Yep, so I, like I said, I walked into this movie knowing like a few things and I knew that Sean Connery was the villain. So like I walked in being like, okay, they have to probably stop Sean Connery. So I had that in my head walking in. And did they? Uh, they <laughs> defeated him. They didn't try to stop him until like the last two minutes. Two, like, the last 15 minutes of the movie when he decided to rule the world. Might I add, that was my favourite scene. <laughs> yeah. In where which he, where he's he wearing his full <laughs> Scottish... Oh, fucking hell. He's wearing his full Scottish outfit. So, I said fucking hell because there are the bears. <laughs> yeah, like, that's another thing. I walked into this movie knowing about this scene. I didn't expect it to be, like, so sudden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I said to Bartek. I do believe it was me, right? Uh, I mentioned, like, I'll go to the Avengers because there's a point in this movie where... I knew about this. They're dressed as bears, right? I even asked. Okay. Is that the one where they're dressed as bears? <laughs> they're dressed yeah. as bears, and it makes sense <laughs> because it's all about being anonymous, right? To hide mm. their faces. But then comes a point where even his henchmen are wearing <laughs> the outfits. Like, those two guys standing behind Eddie Izzard's probably one of them. No, no, they are, because you see Eddie Izzard throwing bear costumes mm. in, in the trash. In so the it's dumpster, like, yeah. 
these guys or like the soldiers, the these businessmen all dressed as bears. Like I understand the businessmen, but why are the henchmen dressed as bears? <laughs> it's like, oh, we got to keep them secret too, I guess. Also, there's one other person dressed as a bear we haven't mentioned. Uma uh, Thurman? No, uh, Sean Connery. Oh, well, he's not a person, isn't he? <laughs> he's a bear. Sorry, he's an Irish person. He's a bear. Irish. Yeah. <laughs> did you hear him say that, Jim? <laughs> Am I in a surreal nightmare? Did uh, I say something new? He said Irish. You said he was Irish. He's Scottish. He's yeah, Scottish. I'm racist, remember? Yeah. But he was Irish in The Untouchables, so I guess he won an Oscar that is, for that. So. That is the main thing I know him from, so... Really? Yeah. Not James Bond? No, because I... St- not the oh, another reference. In year 12, I studied The Untouchables. <laughs> I like The Untouchables. I like... Okay, for me, just randomly, he has the most British weapon of choice Darts. ever. Darts. <laughs> like, can you have... You know this movie was really missing? It needed him to just be slugging back a pint and throwing darts. <laughs> Wouldn't it have been great? <laughs> He's dressed... Here's how the climax should have gone. Yeah. They're having a fight in a lightning storm. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like they do John Steed standing there in his full suit trying to fight Sean Connery with a sword and Sean Connery's dressed as a giant bear <laughs> with a pint in one hand slugging it and just throwing darts at Rafe Fiennes as he gets closer and closer and then when he runs out of darts he just like Sean Connery just turns around and like smacks his wife and just goes look what you made me do and then Rafe finds is just apologetic to the wife and then Sean Connery just like pushes him off the balcony and that's how it should have went down he should have thrown the darts through lightning bolts so that they become lightning darts this movie yeah. I feel like that scene was just like out of si- um, what's the place called science works Science works. Mm. Mystery theatre. The place yeah, near uh, Westgate Bridge. Yeah. Yeah. I like how they like left the them there. What? <laughs> they left the bears there. Like, they <laughs> left them there. Ryan, they're not actually bears. Uh, you know what, like, I've never worn a giant bear costume, but it's that easy to turn the heads. Mm. Because they were turning their heads really easy in these bear costumes, and I thought, oh, I thought it would be a bit hard. I assume maybe it would be very tight. Yeah, like, but they so- took it off real easy. So well, they used force. I the guess. bears. I thought they were going to undress these guys and dress up as the bears to like blend in, but instead they did something that I wouldn't have done as a super secret secret agent, which is walk out in eye view of. Ev- I find this scene. <laughs> All you needed was a sound effect over that. All you needed was um body snatches sound effect where he just points and you just hear. And then, and then, it's <laughs> uh, oh my god! Okay, can I can I say something? There's a review that I did not something. include in this, yeah, because it, uh, it didn't make sense, and not in a good fun way. But there was a movie review that I could have chosen that was, um, that was, this movie is exactly like Godzilla meets the Avengers, <laughs> and. They which, go which on. Which Avengers? This one. This one. <laughs> yeah. This movie is like Godzilla meets the Avengers, and then I'm reading it, and they're just bagging the movie out, and then in the review they're like, "This movie is very much like Godzilla meets the Avengers," and then they stop that sentence and just continue on with ragging it. And I'm like, "What does that mean?" So he does. Maybe he means. What does he that did- mean? Maybe he didn't like the movie Godzilla and he also doesn't like this one. Yeah, but like I was expecting, like, oh, okay, it's like me saying, like, 
you know... You think he was going to explain it. Yeah, this is Grown Ups 2 meets the Avengers. I'm like, that, that, you have to make parallels of what you're talking about for that. It you was are just like, right, though. Adam Sandler could... <laughs> Adam Sandler... Where is the next Adam Sandler movie where he's playing a super secret agent? <laughs> and Kevin James is the bad guy? Was he a secret agent in You Don't Mess With The Zohan? Uh, I think he was just an uh, a really oh, look, the strategically maybe he was. placed map. I wanted I just want to sand. Oh, there it is. The strategically placed map, which doesn't it, it does play into it when spoiler alert out of nowhere this film establishes that being invisible exists. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Might I add? Do you remember the invisible guy? Right, the invisible man. You might say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He says that now that he's invisible, they've just given him a desk job, <laughs> and they're spy. <laughs> they're spies. Yeah. So why would they not have it. him out on the field? <laughs> what does that have to do with... I don't get it. What? I don't get the ref. Well, he'd be the perfect spy, because spy. he wouldn't be seen He's invisible. He's invisible. How would that make him a good spy? Because he was... No, he was already a spy. Yeah. And then in some unfortunate test... Yeah. They made him invisible. So now they're sticking him in a desk job. Yeah. The whole point of Makes being sense. In- no, it doesn't. <laughs> Why would he be a spy? He's invisible. No one can see him. Exactly. exactly. He would go into these secret places and be able to listen to everything because also his clothes are invisible too. Um, no, I thought, I thought I he. No, no, because no, his what are, you on? How, are you rinding me up? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How are his clothes invisible when his pipe and everything isn't? And then, so technically, he could go to work nude. But yeah, he is. His clothes are invisible because you see when he goes mm. in front of the projector screen, he's wearing a full suit. Yeah. Which yeah, means he could him. just hold a tape recorder. Wait, does that mean that security cameras would be, like, his his weakness? No, I think it's projected <laughs> lights ah. or rain. You know, that's kind of... No, sort yeah, of paint everywhere. No, it would. That, yeah. It's the typical invisible man kind of monsters kind of thing of you throw water and paint and whatever and you can see the outline body stuff of it. I like, you know, I will be honest, I rather did enjoy... Uh, father in this because mm-hmm. father's so insane father and mother are insane but father is particularly insane and then you actually find out in the movie that father's actually insane i thought like i forgot the plot twist that father is in fact working with de winter i thought this father was just a weirdo <laughs> but in the end it's like no father's actually an evil scientist nut job i like um in this movie this was 1998, so you got to think of the context of what was happening in the world. My brother wasn't born yet. He wasn't? No, he was 1999. Oh, boy, oh, boy. He's so, a boy. Yeah, <laughs> so it's a boy, oh, boy. This movie, it was in a weird era of film, where the blockbusters that were back in the day had changed with Independence Day primarily, where you now had silly camp movies again. Because before that, you had these dark, gritty movies such as Batman 1989 and Batman Returns and all that. Was this the same year as, I know you mentioned it, Godzilla with uh, Matthew Broderick? No, that was 1996. Jonathan Taylor Thomas, yeah. So it was a couple years after. But that's what I mean, like, Roland Emmerich changed the world of blockbusters to fun, campy movies. Hence the Batman movies in the 90s became campy affairs because that was the landscape of film. Now we're in this landscape where half of the blockbusters are dark, gritty, and the other half are Marvel, where they're fun. 
But even now, Marvel is becoming dark and gritty. You know what I mean? So we're back in that phase of uh, the later 80s kind of blockbusters where it's all gritty kind of blockbusters. I'm not saying that all of them are. But in this time, pretty much any blockbuster movie like this one is camp, fun, silly, even though... Would you call them popcorn flicks? Yeah, they're popcorn movies, yeah. They give the real definition of popcorn movie. And this one, being British, takes the camp, fun thing into a surreal kind of sense where it's like, what happens if we got this old TV show where they were, you know, gentlemanly and polite, and the whole joke is everyone is polite Mm. in this movie to the point in which the little things are the things that that they worry about and the big things about ruling the world and all that, they don't care about as much. Because that's a kind of joke. And to also the point that um, the only, like, instance of swearing was added in post-production. Yeah. It wasn't even Mm -hmm. intended to be there. So, you know, I think what my personal understanding of this movie's failure is, is there's a few things. And it's obvious watching it now, but I think time has really helped it because now watching it in this day and age where we are no longer in this camp era and remembering what the camp era was like, these were all a dime a dozen, but now this one stands out. It failed at the time because it was against everything else. It was against Godzilla, you know, not specifically in that year, but it was against, like, you know, Godzilla and, you know... Those type of movies. Independence, all those type of movies. So it had no chance to succeed because it's a British movie with, like, Rafe Fiennes, who, yes, was in The English Patient and, yes, Prince of Egypt, but he's still... Oh, yeah, and... uh Oh, and had been going. nominated for numerous Oscars already. But, you know, he was still, oddly enough, not a widely known actor. Mm. Like, even now. Even now. He's done Grand Budapest. And what do people know him from? Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Has <laughs> he plays Voldemort in Harry Potter, which, I, you know, to me, you know, I may offend you, Lauren, but I find Voldemort to be, like, the lamest character in the movies. Do you agree with that statement? Yes, I do. He is so boring. Like, when you actually have Voldemort there. not saying that it's Ray Fiennes' fault. I think it's just, it's the typical, they've built this guy up so much. And now when he's standing there and it's a children's movie, even when they made them grittier and meaner, when you needed Voldemort to be, like, full-on evil like you've heard, you need an R-rated movie because yeah. Voldemort's a mother. Yeah. Well, even Ray Fiennes, when he was taking on, um, when he was considering taking on Voldemort, he was thinking, I shouldn't do it because he actually didn't like the character. Yeah, no the way one likes he had developed in the films. Um, but then the director at that time showed him some kind of like the, co- like, the artistic concepts. And he was like, yeah, I'll Voldemort. do it. And he's like, oh, yes, I'll do it because I like dressing up and I like yeah. and, you know, and I want to be bad. It was either that or Johnny Depp, so, you know, go pick. And Voldemort's presence throughout the whole series is mostly, like, talked about as opposed to seen. Yeah, it's, it's all menace. Yeah, mm. and so when you finally see him, he has really long, like, almost polite speeches and stuff like that. <laughs> and he's like, hug. And, and was there not <laughs> a bit of trivia that uh, he his favourite one to do was the very last one because that's where he actually got to do a bunch of crazy stuff? Yeah, he yeah. got to be evil as yeah. fuck yes. in that last so he, movie. So he really enjoyed that one the most as opposed to, like, I don't know, Goblet of Fire where he's just... It first there. appeared, yeah. Um, so, yeah, you know, this movie, you got to think of the time period and I think it failed because of that. And you know what? It's a, it's a, it's a smart person's comedy 
in the ways of yes, it caters to the general mass with puns. So many puns, Lauren. <laughs> Lauren, I know you're a fan of puns, mm-hmm. uh, but it's also really smart. <laughs> in, in Polish, the word pun means like a person. So oh. like man, I mean. So you're a fan of men. Um, she's naked, by the way. So just think about that. So a uh, reminder, um, you know, this movie to the general mass was never going to win because it's an intellectual person's blockbuster, which is very rare to come across. And I think the main, the other main point is it's a one joke movie, and you know, no, we're not really used to one joke movies played out for the entire movie. Like we get one joke movies, like uh, you know, all those Will Ferrell movies, but they throw in a barrage of jokes outside of just that one joke. It's kind of like that's the spine of the movie. But this, the whole one joke is the entire body of the movie: the flesh, the bones, all of that. It's kind of interesting when you compare it to, again, uh, Nothing But Trouble, where that one, that movie was spawned from a one-joke concept, and then it just became a completely different thing, to where the point that that one joke, aka John Candy in drag, isn't the biggest part of the movie. No, it's it's a, it's a great it's part. It's integral, but it's not the biggest thing, because I think, yeah, JP stands out the most. Yeah, so, um, when you guys saw Eddie Izzard, and he manufactures... A way to take out John Steed, which is to send a whole hive worth of wasps that are CGI wasps. No, they're real. They are. Didn't you just see that he just ripped one apart oh, on the back too. of his car? Get he your shit too. together, Vantage. I'm such a freaking idiot. Man, if if my friend Mandy was here, he would know. I'm so <laughs> stupid. I'm just sitting here, not even looking at the screen. I'm looking at the naked lady in the room and I'm just, I'm just not and thinking And Bartek's looking going, what do I do with this? Oh, I don't know. Just look or do I look at the Avengers and talk about that? Oh, no, I'm just going to sit here in the corner and shake a ball. Mm. It sounds dirty. Fun fact, <laughs> the second shake was Ryan. <laughs> Fun fact. Um, that's a car. <laughs> Is that the fact? Yeah. That it's a car? Was it fun? <laughs> yes. Fun fact, guys. Vroom! <laughs> that's car That's car for uh, I'm driving. It's <laughs> car for I'm driving. I'm just so, giving you material to make more images for the page. So, um, <laughs> in this uh, film, there was originally 115 minutes long, but uh, Bartek... Could you tell the story of what happened, of why it's 89 minutes long? Because I find it hysterical, and I just want to hear you tell it in particular. Um, I believe it was because, uh, it, oh, fuck, what was it? It wasn't funny or something? No, they should... Audiences hated it? Oh, you forget? All right. What happened was, Lauren and Bartek, was they showed this to a test audience. Yeah. But unfortunately, the test audience that they showed this very British comedy intellectual movie to was an audience of uh, people who could only speak Spanish. Oh, that's right! <laughs> I forgot they about that. They showed it to a test audience of Spanish-speaking people and they hated it because they didn't understand anything. <laughs> so they edited it down to 89 minutes. And this is and, and they they didn't even test screen it for the critics that's because right. they were like, oh, this doesn't make... Like, they, they edited it down to this point where even the big wig studio execs are just like, this doesn't doesn't make any sense. I'll just put it out. Just I put remember, it out. I remember the critics thing. I was going to mention it oh, earlier. Oh, yeah. Then you show it to the critics. Yeah, I was going to mention it earlier when we talked about uh, something later. Oh, what it was going up against, mm. but I forgot to say. Can we just point something out about Alice? She just grabbed a machine gun. She's a hottie. 
She's a hottie patotty. Um, she just grabbed a machine gun, and now, did you notice what she tried to do to Eddie Izzard? She tried to shoot him. Yeah, and he but just did you, kept running. Yeah, well, obviously, <laughs> he's a bad guy. He's a bad guy. But notice this. Pay attention to that. She managed to hear Eddie Izzard, who was very far away, step forward from a tree so that way she could turn to shoot him. Just remember that she has great hearing. Okay, because that's something I wrote down. I'm like, oh, this this lady has great hearing. Look at that cock. Uh, it's, uh, yep. And then a camera. There's lots of, okay. I forgot about that. There's lots of things, Lauren, that are like that. Do you have a favorite little moment where it's just like, oh, okay, that happens. And then maybe it links back up or maybe it doesn't. Because this whole maze sequence is full of that kind of stuff. Yes, like, apparently they're in a love maze and they never mention it ever again and then yeah. they separate and then they're just like well at least they went in the maze because that's important. my favorite bit is let's all separate <laughs> why <laughs> why um is why the big question of like most of the scenes a lot of the questions is why uh, so lauren what what were some really uh, wtf moments for you the teddy bears for me when they were dressed as bears they were actually but that made sense lauren it totally didn't. It did. Why? Why it was it all. Just... No, it was all for being anonymous, so yes, no one could see why, your face or body. Why did they choose teddy bears? Alice in Wonderland. Jeez, get it together. Um, no, I really like in this sequence. Uh, Sean Connery is <laughs> waiting. <laughs> could you imagine his bad guy plan? So it's like, all right, Eddie, Eddie. Shoot them down with wasps, and then I like they even go. Oh, to winter, he's always one step ahead. <laughs> and then, he's waiting at the maze. Like, well, they have to come here. <laughs> if my henchmen have failed, and for some <laughs> reason an old lady leads them towards my maze, I better wait in the. No, no, no. In all fairness, he didn't have a peacock camera. Oh, that's what it means. Peacock camera let him know where they were heading. So he's like, oh, I better get there quick. I know my maze like the back of my hand. And, yep. then, and then he's like, I better wait inside the maze to have a sword, um, like a cane umbrella fight, lift the umbrella in the air and then disappear. I like to think that his last line of this line, rain or shine, uh, all is mine is a magic spell because now he's just vanished. Yeah, if you said, <laughs> wouldn't it be great if this was actually like, yeah, John Steed was like uh, his code name, and you found out his name was actually Tom Riddle, and this is like <laughs> the early days, like of him as an adult. Even though if that doesn't make and then, sense, and then you're just waiting for the moment where he turns, and he's just like, "Oh, Uma Thurman punched me. That's when I decided <laughs> to kill Harry Potter." Um, so this was a moment for me in which he looks like he's hypnotizing her, right? Mm-hmm. He's going to hypnotize her, and he's like, "You <gasps> want?" Really annoyed me about this scene is that her the. I things aren't lined up. up. (laughs) Well, they, 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 like I would. Okay, I forgot that he unzips her there (laughs) and goes, "Mm, yes, I'm going to stroke your body. Uh, He's, 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 (laughs) that was one I wrote down. (laughs) Spoons in a drawer going. What I love is they do this sequence and you think, oh, he's going to hypnotize her to do something, right? He's like, Mm. you won't remember. You won't remember. And you think, oh, later on she's going to, like, sabotage something Mm. or turn against and she's hypnotized and whatever no it was just so that he could stab her with the dart and then rape her or he was going to rape her why doesn't he just rape her now like i don't understand does he not want her to be that awake but he wants her to be kind of oh 
Next he time wants Sean to, Connery makes He a, wants to dance. Okay. <laughs> well, next time Sean Connery makes a public appearance somewhere and he is taking like questions, he'd be like, Why didn't you just rape her? <laughs> and then he would be like, Oh, I've I've got a lot of women that I have raped, but uh who are you talking about? Which one? Which one? <laughs> and I'm like, Uma Thurman He's like, Oh, didn't you hear? I'm a bit, <laughs> I'm a bit concerned about that impression I did because I can't tell if I was doing Sean Connery or Bane. It's kind of hard because Bane is Sean Connery. Oh, yeah, so. that's right. That was the joke. He's just like, yes, I'm, I'm Sean Connery. Um, ah, they finally left the maze. <laughs> fun fun fact about my friend Man Bear. Um, he has a brother. It sounded like you said Man Bear. <laughs> Man Bear. Uh, Man Bear Pig. Uh, Man Bear. Uh, he's a younger brother who, for some reason, keeps asking me to do my Bane impersonation because he's because my friend Manby told him, "Oh, when you see Ryan next, ask him to do his Bane impersonation. It's spot on." And I swear I've never done a Bane impersonation. <laughs> <laughs> and each time I see my friend Manby's brother, Jag Deep. Um, what? Yeah, Jag Deep. Oh, is that his name? Yeah, Jag okay. Deep. Uh, he goes, oh, Ryan, please let me hear your Bane impersonation. I go, oh, later, later. And he's never heard it. Because I don't know what to do. Because I'm just like, yes, you were born into the darkness. I was, you know, blah. And I'm, I don't know what to do. Because I'm just like, oh, now it's been built up where he's going to be expecting me to be Tom Hardy. And I don't know what to do. Do I do I just wing it and be like, you should, I'll be like, Jack Deep, you've been lying. You should do Tom Hardy from The Revenant. <laughs> I want to do uh, no okay this is a scene that I really did love I, I hope you loved it Bartek where he's just like refusing to d- take a charity it's like not any other day and he's just so mean and then she's like you know what I'm gonna give up the secret spy act and he looks genuinely surprised like <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if you were like okay Sean uh, stop hitting your wife now get ready for the scene uh, you know how it's playing out She's going to ask you to charity. You're going to say no and slam the door. And then she breaks into the house, okay? And then, okay, action. And then it plays out like that, where she grabs a gun out. And Sean's like, holy crap, I wasn't talking about a gun. What, a gun? And it's just, you know... Also, it's like um, they, in Starsky and Hutch, where uh, uh, Huggy Bear gets like slapped for real. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like in The Departed, where Jack Nicholson points a real gun at Leonardo DiCaprio and nobody knew that Jack Nicholson was going to be bringing... Nobody knew there was going to be a gun in that sequence. I didn't know that. Yeah, in The Departed, Jack Nicholson thought to intensify the scene, he would use a gun. And it because was, there was no gun, And it was a real loaded gun Ooh. he was pointing at Leonardo DiCaprio's face. Hence the realism. That's Talking about realism, here's the lack of it. In surrealism, in which she is stuck in this... If he has this technology... Why isn't he using it? As a torture house. Wait, he he doesn't have it though, doesn't he? Because this is her delusion, isn't it? Is it a delusion? But well, I I thought it was real. I thought it was real because John Steed's on the other side. Yeah, he's tapping, and then she jumps through the window, and he looks in, and he sees this. I'm so confused. Is this (laughs) not real? Because I agree with Bartek on a level, because we know that she's been poisoned. But at the same, and she was woozy when she got up. But at the same time, it's kind of like it doesn't really establish if this is dreamy enough anymore. I thought there's like, oh, Sean Connery, who can manufacture weather, can manufacture this room. How, how funny would it be, though, if he specifically like broke it in the next room just to mess with her? Yeah, and he's also just like, mm, this is how I get all my victims. <laughs> it's, like, it's like how he knew they'd be in the maze. Yeah, exactly. It's, he's got cameras. <laughs> the answer is... 
cameras. But really, the writing process, Lauren. Mm. If you're the writer for this movie and you're writing this scene, what's the thought process? Say, like, we're the two producers and you're like, oh, guys, I want to write this sequence in which Uma Thurman's stuck in this uh, room that never ends. And it's like, oh, oh yeah, Lauren, that sounds... That sounds that sounds great. What is it? Is it a is it a, a, a hallucination scene? No, it's uh, real. Oh, it's real. Okay, so what? The villain has this technology that he can use all the time. Yeah, uh. so he doesn't just utilize it. He just forgets about it completely. Uh. Maybe it was a weather trick. So we just missed a scene in which I wanted you to pay attention. She is super hearing Alice, the old woman, but oh, she right. couldn't hear Eddie Izzard <laughs> walk up behind her, lift his arm, ruffling his shirt to hit her in the back of the head with his gun. A gun or club or whatever. And then Eddie Izzard just like chewing gum and smiling. You were saying, Lauren, that Eddie Izzard was your favorite because he emotes. <laughs> He's just happy to be here. But did you not watch this scene in which... Rafe Fiennes was about to jizz all over her leg. <laughs> and then... And then he, like... <laughs> I love the way he takes the boot off. He's like, I'll just stroke your leg while I do it. Wouldn't you want to stroke him with Thurman's leg? Well, he wants you to remember this scene. Because Wouldn't it be weird because it's all sweaty, too? Mm-hmm. Her leg would be sweaty because she's just been running and she got raped nearly, so she would have all the stress sweat. Uh, you know, that's just me, though. Um, I love... Uh, but like, did you agree in this love of the moment where the camera like they crank the camera so it is on double speed it pans around and zooms in on the entire ministry team just standing there because I laughed so hard I'm sorry what are we talking about? in this sequence here he's about to kiss her and then the camera is like they've cranked the camera and they've got it on like double the speed so it can quickly pan around and zoom in on the entire ministry standing there in his house just looking at him as he's about to kiss her. I want to see this camera work because I remember that... I laughed so hard. It was probably the thing I laughed at the hardest since, uh, you know, one should never fear being wet. That was quintessential line delivery, but when it came to filmmaking... This film hasn't been funny in a visual sense. It's been all word funny. Look, we're getting right up to it. Yeah. And the place. And look at him. He's about to jizz his <laughs> pants so hard. But then he's like, I'm a British gentleman. I don't jizz. Too tight push. Wow. Too tight push. And then they look and then the camera work. And then the bomb. <laughs> <laughs> I see. <laughs> that is good. It just like goes crash zooms in and it's just like and the music's like and it's just like on father and then all oh, the um steed is just like this That's is, good. it That's was good. so I laughed so hard. And they're all standing there, just like looking at him about the fucker. I mean, and I like father being blind, just like But yeah. he looks so she looks so happy. Yeah, knowing now that she was blind, it made the croquet scene make a bit more because sense. Because he's clearly cheating and she yeah. doesn't notice. I thought it was like a thing where she was like so inferior to him that she won't acknowledge his clearly like bullshit Yeah, but she's blind. But she's blind, so it makes sense. Whoa. So, after this movie, guys, how do you feel about weather? Oh, it's a bit cloudy, but when I came it was here, insanely, it was, it was insanely windy. 
outside my house and even walking here after I parked my car I was like oh it's so yeah. but this movie how did you make how did it make you feel oh, about I don't the need, weather I don't need sunglasses if I was in this movie oh we're coming up to uh, yeah. uh, a guy who you think would be a good spy but I don't know why <laughs> <laughs> is it because he played John Steed in the TV show yeah mm-hmm. I like his name's Colonel is it is it Colonel Colonel Jones Colonel I Jones get it it's because he's invisible that's what the I stands for <laughs> <laughs> and Jones is well, you know. So uh, apparently, in the trivia, he said that the original script or one of the scripts for this movie was better than half the episodes combined. But then the original, then it got turned into this. And didn't sh- some other actor also really liked the original script? Was it Sean Connery? Sean Connery wanted his character to be expanded upon because he was only like in it a little bit as a villain. But he was like, I imagine Sean Connery is like, I like this a lot. But I've got to have a scene in which I'm wearing a sporin. A what? A sporin. What's that? It's the thing that's over the kilt. The big furry... Oh, okay. Yeah. I've got one. Yes, Ryan does own one. I've seen him wear it multiple times at university. He's like, I've got to wear a sporin, hold a cane, and threaten the entire world with the idea that I'm going to lightning them to death. It is... You know... This this film has a has everything that one needs. You ask yourself why, why is this happening? And I haven't had a film make me ask this in quite a long time. When I my history of this movie, I haven't talked about it. My parents owned it on VHS, and I watched it as a kid. And I thought, oh, I'm too young to get this. I'm too young. Now that I'm older and I've studied film, and now I've watched it. I still don't get it. And that's a good thing. Like, in this scene, why is she crazy? She's only been there for, like, yeah, 14 hours or so. Yeah, but the previous scene where she was with stage, she was talking about oh, when they were playing chess. They were... They were he talking. was psychoanalyzing Yeah, her. yeah, and he's pretty much like, you're insane. No, he was talking about kind of, like... He wasn't just talking about, like, she's actually insane. It's just, like, the profile one could make up on you would be this... Like, if you could psychoanalyze anyone, you could come up with something. But it's like, she's been in here for, like, a day, and she's, like, lost her mind. Do you think that this is the point where we should talk about the original plot? Yes. Bartek, do go on about the original plot, because I've looked up the original plot on many different things, and there's so many different versions of what the original plot was. So much like with the Spanish thing, correct me if I miss something. The original plot was that, uh... She and her husband, and, husband his bro- and, and his brother, and his brother, they worked at some science place, that, which does exist in this movie. Which does exist, and like something happened there, and they supposedly died. Yeah, an explosion. The explosion at the start of this movie happened, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, the the brother and the husband died. Yep. Which and- in this movie, the remnants is that is still there, where it's just like her husband was also a former agent, and he yep. just disappeared. Yeah, and the secret twist at the end of the movie was supposed to be that they were alive, or at least the husband no, was. No, it was the brothers alive. The brothers alive all along, and he's the villain. <laughs> and he's fucking with her, making her think she's crazy by getting like visions of herself and stuff. Yeah. So in the original plot, Mary Weather. I mean, De Winters was called Mary Weather. Yeah. And the he was still doing this evil, insane plan, but. 
it was more focused on showing this woman's psychological peril because the brother was is actually mentally fucking around with her, making her think that, making the ministry think that she was the one that exploded, it, killing her own husband, making her think that she did it herself, even though she doesn't remember, eventually driving her insane to the point of like, thinking you know, she had multiple personalities, multiple personalities, yeah. and then at the end of the movie, Lauren, at the end of the movie. They take down Meriwether, or in this case, DeWinter in this movie, and they find out underneath the mask, it's the brother all along. So in the, in the original script, the evil bro- this, uh, brother-in-law plays three people, himself, her husband, and Meriwether. So it's like the original movie apparently is better than this one. But at the same time, it sounds like a great Scooby-Doo 3. Yeah. <laughs> like, it doesn't... Oh, that Sporran shot. I would love it if Sean Cotter ripped off his mask and he was Marky Mark in the entire Funky Bunch. Yeah. I mean, it would be the greatest thing ever. So that that quiz was foreshadowing. So the original movie also had evil Uma Thurman, who was a robot. Yeah. Father is blind. Mother... You find out why mother got crippled. We don't know why, but you apparently do find out. It's insane. I would love to see both versions of that movie. I would too. This one and the other one, because this one is great. I've said a lot of negative, seemingly negative things about this, but I enjoyed it as a kid. I didn't understand what was happening, but now I still don't understand, but I still enjoy it. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of things in this movie you forgot about, Bartek. Understandable. Here she is. Here's the surreal moment where she looks like she's just like she has. She's just, just come out of the rain and she's just like, oh, all right. Here you are. <laughs> he wants the prime minister to deliver this. No, it's like a, you know, she's just escaped the maze in Eddie Izzard and she's like had to go. Okay, I'm okay. It's like that swearing exercise we had to do in drama. What one? You know, with one where you oh. swear in the audience and then go. The blank. one that you nailed, Ryan. Yeah. I nailed it. Yeah. So in this movie, she's walking in. I really want to know, you know what, if they made an Avengers completely about this old woman and her career in the ministry, like, when she started till now, I would watch that. I would watch this old woman's one, and she's just like, hmm, father. I really liked her line in response to the, did he torture you? No. <laughs> like, he didn't have to. He's he, already got an insider in it. Yeah, he didn't have to. <laughs> <laughs> father's like, I will go out myself sorry mother goes i will go out myself with a pistol but hey it's cold outside so i better put some gloves on (laughs) and also the wheelchair like went whoa here's my favorite bit but which one could it be the one that's unconscious or the one that's holding the one unconscious that's the real emma peel you decide if this if if they followed through with the movie's law of like everyone being calm and polite he probably would have just said the one being held. Like, yeah, right. Caring. He's like, my father, I do believe, would be the one being held. And then father would be like, by lord, you got it. Hand her over. <laughs> <laughs> because why would the good one be holding the bad one? <laughs> Here's the thing. It makes sense if both of them were standing there, handcuffed and gagged. And they were being, and both panicking. And both You know what I mean? But the other one, one was clearly not emoting any fear. Yeah. And the other one was unconscious. It's like, pick wisely. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if this was like the bad guy scene where it's just like at the end, it's like, you get to decide 
which one is which? And <laughs> that's the scene that they chose. It's like, it's a typical thing with these movies where there's clones or doubles. It's like, yes, but which one's which? And you might kill the wrong one. And then it's just like, well, I'm pretty sure in this case which one it is. And, I, and correct me if I'm wrong, but that right there, his confusion, was that the only time seeing double has really fucked and with anyone apart from maybe that roof scene where Ralph finds saw uh, when it fucked her up when she took the mask off of herself well, and no. she saw herself well no I mean for someone else who's like which one's which that's like the closest thing we've got to a which one's which well yeah and he, he's just like they do make the whole the thing balloon scene, the, the balloon scene, I like he, like he doesn't even he's he's just, <laughs> he, was, he wasn't even talking when he said don't mind me he was just smoking <laughs> so in this scene he knows that she's on the balloon, being kidnapped. And what does he do in retort, guys? Do you remember what John does? No. What does he do? I remember an explosion. Mm. Well, she does that. Yeah. But what does John do? Oh, he starts tracking her. Yes. Through the boot. Through the boot. Yes. That's correct. But how did? What does he do to track her? He what? just walks. He walks. <laughs> he knows it's a life-death situation. The world's going to end. Everything. What does he do? He just goes... Oh, that balloon's clearly like eight clicks away. <laughs> I'm going to walk. It's a nice snowy day outside. <laughs> la 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 He's la. He's a polite gentleman, doesn't need to rush. Uh, this wait, movie... does he even run in this movie, really? No. He kind of power walks from place to place. What about uh, when he's in the building right after the teddy bears? Does he run at any point there? No. Yeah, no, he kind of power walks everywhere, really. Like, after they find the two dead bodies and they leave, and just before the point is no, no, shot. He kind of power walks yeah, okay. out of the room. He kind of, like, he doesn't run. He and does that kind of panic. He does that kind of panicked kind of fast walk mm. kind of you do, but he doesn't run. Because that would be too strenuous. I love... Yeah, he's just casually spider Maning his way through the city. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, casually. Yeah, the... What's it called? Um, Kingsman really didn't take too many nods from this. That's movie, something it? I didn't want to bring up with the modern landscape. Did or oh, didn't want to bring I up? I did. Oh, good. Which was, I wrote in my notes, manners maketh man many times. Because, you know, you're right. Like, this movie really does help inspire Kingsman. But Kingsman showed us how to do it correctly. Where it showed you... Not saying that this movie isn't great, it is, but Kingsman's uh, appreciated one... And why is it appreciated? Because it knows how to make us understand what's happening, yet kind of keep things from us. That's the great thing about these uh, spy movies. It's all about, you know, holding and withholding information from the audience until the moment is right. And this movie, unfortunately, for the general public, but fortunately for us, you know, it withholds the information for 89 minutes. And that's great. You, know, you don't get a movie like that. And I, I suppose from even like the production standpoint, Kingsman does have like more American humour in it as well because you've got yeah. Samuel L. Jackson and you know McDonald's jokes and all that kind yeah. of stuff. Do you see where she's landed? Yeah, like she on a statue. She her. would not have she survived She jumped that. and her head is landed on a statue. <laughs> and she's fine. She's just a bit sweaty. <laughs> Would you call that a surreal thing, Ryan? I'd call it real. Have you ever jumped off a hot air balloon when a blind person is driving it? <laughs> Clearly not. But I have. And I've survived. And I'm here now. And, you know. Oh, wouldn't that... Wouldn't that be great if we found out what happened to Mother was he was on a hot air balloon. And he jumped <laughs> off. 
And that's how he crippled himself. And he landed in the wheelchair. <laughs> and he landed in the wheelchair and he goes, this saved my life. I'm never getting out of this. And he's actually not crippled. <laughs> so, in the original TV show, Lauren, did you know that they never kissed? Never kissed, yes, Except for if it was for spy reasons. Yeah. Yes, But yes. this movie... Romanticizes the fact. It yeah. takes a leap of faith. This is kind of like the X-Files in which you think, are they going to get together? Are they not? This is this He doesn't version. look like he's enjoying it, though. He was like, Ralph, hmm. Ray Fiennes never looks like he's enjoying anything sensual. You know what I mean? Well, in the very last Harry Potter movie, <laughs> when he hugged Malfoy... <laughs> yeah, but it wasn't a <laughs> sensual... Well done. Well <laughs> done, Draco. I've seen the edit on YouTube where he just keeps going oh. back to hug him some more. <laughs> At the same time... I love his portrayal of Voldemort, but it's also like, how are you going? He's like, you know, with acting, you go, okay, how am I going to tackle this? And he just goes, I'm going to speak as Voldemort. What's my Voldemort voice? This is my Voldemort voice. (laughs) And then people have a go at Eddie Redmayne in uh, Jupiter Ascending for doing the exact same voice and going, it's stupid, it's so silly. But then they're like, Voldemort. Yeah, that's a serious (laughs) menace right there. But really, if you met Voldemort in the street and he was just like, Lauren, I'm going to get you. And you're like, sir, is you, are you, you need right? a puff, do you need a puffer? So <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine in the Harry Potter world, Voldemort comes up to Lauren. You know who he is. And he's just like, Lauren, I'm going to kill your family. And you're like, oh my, sir, are you okay? Do you need, do you need medical attention? Are you missing a puffer? You're so pale. <laughs> you you try to help him. <laughs> You're such a sympathizer. <laughs> like Lauren's, I would make a cartoon comic book out of Lauren the sympath, the accidental sympathizer, and it's about her accidentally sympathizing in events that she shouldn't be. It's like Hitler, and he's just like doing his arm thing, and you just hear his arm crack, and you're like, oh no, and you accidentally become a Nazi. Because you heard him hurt his arm. Lauren, the Stockholm Syndrome girl, <laughs> who in turn gives the people that kidnap her, I think the opposite is Lima Syndrome. Wow. Why did they call it another place? I mean, we're going to talk to them about, they're not even running across the water. They're, they're just walking. They don't run. We've established this. Here's what I don't get is, why does he let them in? Uh, he knows it's not her. A lot of the things I've read online are just like, oh, he thought it was, you know, the clone, but... But then you he listens to them talking. Yeah, and he sees them, like, on the, like, video. There's clearly John there. There is also a theory that she's actually the clone. Mm. Well, of course. Which makes be. no sense, because they're Any wearing Any movie where there's outfits. a clone, the theory will be, oh, it's a clone. Oh, wouldn't it be a plot twist that, in fact, Sean Connery's a clone, and... And the real Sean Connery is actually Sean Connery. (laughs) (laughs) And he's just like, I don't remember this. I like how it's all the bit. Yeah, it is mouth, but it looks like like paper. Before the. Well, it makes sense because there's mouth. Yeah. Well, I mean, also, it does look like paper because it's not real snow. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's real snow. Didn't you know that? Oh, yeah, because real snow melts on faces. (laughs) Yeah, but it melts on his hat and clothes as well. It's you can clearly see... staying on his hat. No, if you watch it more, you can see that his suit and hat are getting wet as the movie goes on from the snow. There's been a few shots where it's already shown that. 
Have you ever been in snow rowing? Uh, no, but right. look at his suit. It is getting... It's damp from the snow. The snow no. would be gone by now. No, but this is... But he was standing in snow, so there's snow always going on him. Get it right, Bozik. Jeez, I'm a snow expert. Some people might call me Sean Connery. Look, I snow what I snow, okay? What did you feel about that, Lauren? Did you feel that pun worked? Sexual attention in the, in the phone booth. Totally. No, I meant um, Bartek's pun. Uh, <laughs> did you feel that worked? <laughs> Clearly, look, I was... I was, I was um, Ryan, focused look, on other things. You were talking about me. She was talking about sexual tension. I, know, it, know, I take it as a compliment. <laughs> yeah, a naked Bartek, woman is talking I remember, about sexual tension. Remember, she's naked as well, talking about the sexual tension. And remember, tension. if you listen to early episodes, apparently I'm always shirtless. Not always, just sometimes. <laughs> most of the time. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, you know, at this point in the movie... You know that it's ending because it's getting to the big climax. But at the same time, you kind of, as the audience, go, well, I don't know what's been happening. So mm-hmm. there must be more movie left, right, to, to kind of answer this. I like how he did show the fact he was cold by just blowing his hand, going, mm-hmm. ooh, ooh. Yeah, that's a move I like to do. Is it? You know that. Ooh. Oh, no, but he didn't blow in his hand. He blew on his hand, like, ooh, and, okay, then, just, like, yeah, and, then, and then shook his hand and went, ooh. Must be a British thing. It must be a Ray Fiennes thing. <laughs> Look at him. He's so charming. He's just like, did you know I was in the English patient? And she's like, oh, yeah, Paul Fiction. And she's like, did you know I was in the English patient? It's like, aren't you Irish? I love that episode of Seinfeld where Elaine goes to see yes. the English patient <laughs> and yeah, she just screams it. at the screen, just going, just die already. That's like one of my favourite Elaine moments because it's so out of character for her to hate it because at that time in the show, it's like, oh, yeah, she should like it. Like, you, you know how you get with certain characters. Like, in this movie, I feel like Sean Connery's character would really love C-SPAN. You know, like, you know, I feel like Elaine's character would have liked The English Patient, but then, no, we are dead wrong. So this fight sequence that's about to happen, did you feel afraid? No. I'm sorry? Thought- Why? <laughs> This is a great movie. It's actually, supposed to make actually, you feel afraid. Did you actually, not feel scared for actually, Eddie Izzard? Oh, Eddie Izzard, yes. I feel so afraid. I would have been more afraid if he didn't have a harness. This made no sense to me. Because he loses the umbrella. And then, and then he's that, being he, rained he upon by glass. glass. And he has no cuts. Because you whatsoever. know why? You know why? Because he's a robot. No, because he's wearing a, a Trubshaw suit. <laughs> I mean, did you not read the book? Yes, but it's not protecting his face. No, but he's he's his in the suit. Does so... glass hit his face? Yes, it hits all of all of his. Does it really? It's a surreal movie. Remember that. I love this wire hanging fight and how Eddie Izzard <laughs> is playing it so sensually. Like you know what I mean? Like he's not playing menacingly. It's playing it like this is a ballet for me, <laughs> and she's playing it like, like this. I is... need to be prepared. And she's playing it like this is a fight for my life, and he's just like. Whimsical ballet for Eddie Izzard today. So, <laughs> like, the acting in it is basically Eddie's coming from it as in, oh, this is a fun day on set. I get to fight Uma Thurman and wave my knife in an erotic <laughs> manner. And Uma Thurman's playing it like, my character's fighting for her life. I love the two different polar opposites. So, obviously, in the trivia, we haven't mentioned this yet, but it was a fairly prominent thing in all the trivia sections. Eddie Izzard did have lines in the original movie. But he wanted less. Or <laughs> but he chose to be silent because it make, like he thought it would do better for his character. Do you think he was right? I thought he was right. Yeah. I thought he was I right, yeah. Yeah, I do too. Because apparently his lines are all kind of 
I love when he shakes the thing. Uh, <laughs> I love it that she does it too later, where she's like, yeah. oh yeah, he's, I like how he, why don't you just cut the wires? Cut them. Cut the, the wire like, she's hanging off. Yeah, but then he might cut himself. She kicked him in the belly crunch and his reaction... Oh, it was a crunch And then he grabs his belly going, oh, uh, yeah. I love that. <laughs> it's just spinning. <laughs> I love that This part. would have been a fun day on set. You know it. They're like, Eddie, you know what to do. And then he's like, oh, oh fuck. Oh, fuck. Yeah, yeah, fuck. Yeah, someone says that. So, fuck, yeah. Lauren, you wrote quite a lot of notes. No, I didn't. She, she wrote... No, four pages, pages, four pages of like three pages of notes, and some of these notes make no sense to me. But one of them really struck home, which is what era is this set in? What era is this set in, Bartek? When you watched it, did you think it was nineteen sixties, or did you think it was when it was made? What did you think? Um. Well, I did walk into it knowing that it was a sixties spy show, and the car that John Steed drives is an older car. And nothing here seems too, you know, 90s. So I, I had a feeling this time, usually when we asked a question, I was like, didn't even think about it. This time, I think it would be somewhere in the 60s. But is there an anachronism that might, like, prove me wrong that you've noticed? Well, the TV screens and shit. Well, didn't spy shows in the 60s always have, like, futuristic-looking stuff? I guess. I I, guess. Oh, well, I guess that's kind of like a also, catch-22, isn't it? Uma Thurman's actual spy get-up, like... Is 60s as hell, yeah. That's a little bit 60s, but it's got, like, the 90s, like, ju- red, tight jumpers, yeah, the, the come, round zippers, and... Come to think of it, like, in that very first shot we see her, I think it was the first one, where she, you know, answered the phone, yeah, she's the wearing what looks kind of like a china dress. Yeah, yeah. And also, she's got a wireless... She had a wireless phone. Mm. So, mm. this movie... No, this is the fight... <laughs> The end all fight sequences. Nothing says smart like having a fight in a lightning storm on metal. And you know, I personally love ben. that uh, Big Ben. It's the same Big Ben explosion in every movie. And also in Doctor Who too, to some degree. Yeah. So this fight sequence. You know what I like I about it? I actually liked the rain and the water effects. Well, yeah, it looked like, it looked intense. Impressive. It looked intense. But you know, I like. It actually looks like the actors. Like, yeah. you know, I know it's not necessarily them, like, they asked them in, but they did a good job with the Sean Connery guy because Sean Connery is an old man. Yeah. And he's a very distinct-looking old man. But in the faraway shots like that and this and all that, it actually does kind of look like Sean Connery. And you know what? If you said to me, Ryan, it is Sean Connery, I'll go, you know what? I'll take it. It is our lovable Welsh Sean Connery. Ah. Uh... A lovable South African Sean Connery. A lovable Zimbabwe man. Okay. <laughs> All right, Bartek. Uh, yeah, Indian. Uh, it's Manbit, actually. <laughs> I've been Manbit. So, this uh, is near the end. Now, you guys, having uh, now seen it again, was this film as emotionally heart-tugging as it was the first time? Did it confuse you less, Lauren? No, I'm still just as confused. Is that a good thing? Probably. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> so, Lauren, you have quite... I love... You do have... I like how you're playing it down like, oh, I don't have that many notes. It's like She has a lot of notes. Uh, you wrote a timeline for where actors were. Like, I love Uma Thurman, Tarantino's muse, married to Ethan Hawke, divorced by this point, right? And then she was married to Gary Oldman and then divorced. 
She turned down Almost Famous, knocked up, like the Seth Rogen knocked up. Yeah, yeah. But not at this point, because he didn't <laughs> exist, right? And Lara Croft. These are just trivia facts about yeah, Uma Thurman, yeah. right? From, he- from IMDb, guys. Did I hear that right? She was married to Gary Oldman? Who yes. wasn't Gar- married to Gary Oldman? Lauren. Uh, we don't know <laughs> what she's up to these days. Uh, and then, yeah, you already mentioned that, and uh, one of the sexiest uh, stars, huh? Oh, you know, Thank if, you. If you, uh, you're not a star. Uh, but you're sexiest. Uh, I'm, hey, don't diss boy I love, Wait, wait. He's been stabbed. Look at that. He stabbed him through, <laughs> and he's clearly, like, <laughs> holding it. Yeah. It actually kind of looked like a giant, like, generic magic wand. That's yeah. what I thought, White too. Tip. That's what I thought, too. I like, he's bleeding, and when you get struck by lightning, does it often <laughs> drag you back up to the sky? I like how... Like even you just the, see his face. Like the artificial lightning, you know, lightning goes to like the highest like metal pole, whatever, and that was like good enough. Yeah, they were like, oh, you know, how do we end this? It's horizontal, but yeah. Oh, the fact that Oxo's in there, I'm like, is that a product placement? Yeah, they have it at the end. What is Oxo? Stock cubes. What? It makes stock cubes, like for cookie. Stock cubes. Bartek doesn't like cook for cookie cutters yeah, or no. What? No, so when you're making soup and stuff, uh-huh. you need stock. Yeah. So it's like beef stock, flavoring. chicken stock. It's flavoring cubes. Oh, yeah. I see what you're saying now. Right. No, I like when you're like, what for cookies? <laughs> <laughs> you're saying like cubes. I'm like, this is the moment where it's like red wire, or blue wire. They're all blue wires. <laughs> is that a Family Guy joke, right? Yes. <laughs> um, so. We've all... No, the movie's practically ended, but this movie has four endings. Mm. She jumps off of things at great heights and survives. That's her superpower. <laughs> she knows Assassin's Creed will be popular. At what point did you guys figure out that this wasn't going to be the Marvel Avengers? Uh, but Bartek, we already know that you've watched a movie... You watched Annie, and it took you like 25 minutes to realise it wasn't Carrie. <laughs> well, well, it was when you know yeah, the that, sun will come out tomorrow. So, yeah, that's you know. that point. He thought Carrie was a musical. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't know there was a difference. It was just both in my head. But this, we obviously all knew because we're like, where's Robert Downey Jr.? Where's Tom Hiddleston? Well, he isn't Ray Fiennes Tom Hiddleston, but older. Mm. I mean, isn't he dating T Swift? Mm. <laughs> Who is Ray Fiennes dating? Come on, where's your info on him? He was married to River Song, but they divorced. River Song out of Doctor Who. So, not River Song. Alice, Alex anymore. Kingston. Mm-hmm. I don't think I was able to. Oh, don't think I wasn't able to find a quiz on this one. So I no did, quiz on the Avengers 1998. No, but I'll I did. Which character are you? What what character are you? Well, the quiz was bullshit. It said I was Thor, god of thunder. It <laughs> <laughs> is bullshit. You're... Oh, here we go. Here's your secretary scene. I like her buttons. <laughs> uh, would, are you attracted to Jim Broadbent? No. Look at him. He's an attractive man. Look at him eat that. Wouldn't you feed? Okay, better question. Would you feed Jim Broadbent? Yes, because he's old and I'd feel really sympathetic. <laughs> he's not really that old, though, is he? Because so, he's been playing old, old for mate. like 30 years. <laughs> so, like, uh, he's not really that old. You know, something we haven't talked about yet. He likes macaroons. Yeah, he does. <laughs> and uh, there was a whole point of uh, don't 
Don't, oh, yeah. don't eat the macaroons. And she does them. spitefully, and then yeah. at the end, her character... If you told me, Ryan, you know the whole movie's point is the character arc of Uma Thurman's character is not, <laughs> not to eat the maroons <laughs> at the end, I would believe you. But I remember um, once... I think it was after, like, after we did the Shaggy Dog episode, you were telling me about a movie, Rock and Roller? Yeah, Rock and Roller. Rock and Roller. There was a character who, like, everyone was, like, talking about... Uh, like having all these interesting traits, and then you find out later that they're not they're like really exaggerated. Like he's got a nice smile. But no, no, you never see them. Oh, you never you see them. Okay, so in the movie Rock and Roller, Mark Strong, who is also oddly enough in Kingsman: The Secret Service, he yes. plays Merlin. He has this character called Archie, and they're like, oh, that R. Archie, the famous Archie smile, and the whole thing is you never see him smile, <laughs> right? And then the guy gets slapped. He's like, oh, that's the famous Archie slap. Like the only time you see something, he's like. Have you seen Archie's gun? He's like, what about Archie's gun? That's oh, a famous Archie gun. And you never really see the gun. Like, every time Archie has a gun, it's someone else's gun. And he's like, oh, that's not the Archie gun. And he's just like, you never see any of that. That's the yeah. thing I love. It's just so, like the famous Archie. It's like, you never see it. So yeah, Raph finds... Raph finds... No, Raph finds... I love the painting that they have here on screen. Well, Big Ben's fine. Anyway, uh, Rafe finds... He makes a big deal out of that whole thing of like... You know, don't don't take the macaroons because I guess he would be disgruntled by it. But Ray finds is the only one. <laughs> he looks genuinely pissed <laughs> off. He's the only one who makes a big deal out of the macaroons, and also he gave the scientist guy at the start of the movie macaroons from Mother. No, no, no he he gave them to give to Mother. He's like, give oh. these to Mother. They're his favorite. No, I thought, like, they oh, were I, thought they... I thought they were a gift from Mother. Yeah, oh, that's what I. That's I favorite. thought he was like for Mother. I thought it was for Mother because the scientist is going to see him. No, from Mother. No, that's from that's mother. what I oh, thought. Oh, we're going to check this out at the end. <laughs> oh, I'm telling you. One out of three people, I roll joke. Whoa. So the movie has finally ended. 89 minutes. Did you feel the 89 minutes? Yeah, I honestly did. Did it? But what about the sword fight arrangements was by William Hobbs. Bill Hobbs. Uh, so this movie is a masterpiece to the nth degree. We're going to have our reviews and ratings. I'm going to start first. Can I just say first, you usually ask, you know, favourite characters and everything. And oh, yeah. You haven't asked me, and I even, you know, I made some foreshadowing before the episode. Okay, so, as I was saying, <laughs> who's your favourite <laughs> character, guys? Ryan, when I walked in, what was the first thing I did, like, to your house? Uh, you knocked. Yeah, but after I walked in... You took your sunglasses off. No, I said I was going to throw something in the bin. Oh, you said you're going to throw your can in the bin. Yeah, what was the can of? Oh, I didn't look. It was an energy drink or something. Wasn't yeah, it? it was Mother. Oh. <laughs> My favourite character was Mother. Mother, just because... Why? What was so interesting about Mother for you? You know, it is interesting because Mother isn't one of the funnier characters in this movie. He's not one of the crazier ones. Not that there are many crazy ones, but, like, every time I looked at Mother... He's just sitting in his chair, kind of looked like he always had a little bit of nervousness about him. Well, he did have severe dandruff. Severe dandruff, <laughs> and I can relate. Um, he I is guess, related to Jim Brooks. I guess I, I just saw myself in Mother, and Mother always just had a very interesting presence, and, you know, when he was on the wheelchair, like, the, whoa! <laughs> <laughs> With his little gloves. With what about gloves. you, Lauren? Did you have a fave? Well, you guys and have already mentioned your faves. Oh, That's why I was like... Was Eddie Izzard? Oh, Eddie, yeah. Eddie. Silent Eddie. Yeah. So, this movie is a masterpiece. The best film ever made. Easy to say. 
Although this movie is incomplete, yes, this movie is incomplete due to the Spanish. Uh, again, another problem that the English... Damn have to... Spaniards! The English, once again foiled by the Spanish... Uh, this movie is an incomplete movie, and that really is the answer to why it's unappreciated. Yes, I said a bunch of other reasons before, but they're only little contributing factors. But the fact that this movie is incomplete is what keeps it from being an appreciated masterpiece. Because I do believe that if we saw the added material, <laughs> things would add up. Ken Kittens. Oh, I thought you were laughing at Chris Martin was a part of the model <laughs> team. Um, no, this movie is incomplete, but... It is also a complete movie in the fact that it is incomplete. The fact that it is incomplete reminds us of ourselves because we are not complete yet. We are beings of the universe just like the Avengers who at no point avenge anything. <laughs> this movie will keep you nice and happy. Was, what? was that song in the movie? Raindrops keep falling on my head? I don't remember. <laughs> I think it's when you enter her house. You hear okay. it in the background. But this movie is going to keep you happy at the end of the day. The movie is designed to entertain. But it, you know what they did instead? They made an intellectual piece. And that is the real genius of The Avengers 1998. If I had to give this a rating, if I had to, you know, if you had to twist my arm, say, Ryan, do the rating now. We need to hear your rating. I would only give it one rating, and that rating is attempted rape, uh, Sean Connery style, because he also said, you won't remember. So, Lauren, let's uh, hear from you. Your rating in a review, uh, your rating of your choice in a review. Okay, so considering I hadn't seen this really before, the first time it confused me, I was sitting on my heater at home because it was freezing. And I was going, It was freezing why? in the movie, too. Why it's am a I a shitty heater. This? Why? I still don't understand it. Second time around, I'm just as confused. But because I am r really a little bit related to Ray Fiennes, I have to be a bit friendly. Related to him, eh? Yes. How are you related because, to him? Because um, he is eighth cousin, cousin, eighth cousin to Prince Charles... Oh. And I am 34th cousins to Prince Harry. Well, I'm sure that, so, you know, Bartek <laughs> and I are both Polish, so that means we're related, I guess. Yeah, so, you know. yeah, yeah. So we have to be a, bit, a little, little bit biased. We're Polish, we kiss each other, um, it's fine. So, my, my, like, it's a good spy movie. I'll probably have it on if I need a bit of a nap. Or... Best movie ever? Best movie ever? Potentially, Ever yes. made favourite Rafe Fiennes performance? Maybe, maybe not. He was definitely more charming than usual. Yeah. Yes. Sexy? Yeah. You yeah. saw him naked. But he seemed completely naked. What do you mean? We saw his butt. <laughs> we saw Did his... you want to see his D? <laughs> Have we seen Rafe Fine's D yet? In no, film? No, I don't think so. But that air stewardess saw his D. <laughs> you know that story, right? No. Ray Fiennes had sex with an air stewardess and he got in big <gasps> yes, shit for it. Yes, like, everyone was, like, losing this. their minds. They were, like... He was on the news and all that back yes, in the day. Yes, because it was a, um, and they a were like, high club. He was like... They were like, oh, that's scummy. And the only reason they were giving that to him because he was... He's not an attractive man. That was the reason they were, like, criticising the fuck out of him because they're like, this guy having sex on an airplane... 
And that was like Hollywood's reaction to it. But if it was like George Clooney, they'll be like, uh uh-huh, legend. But yes, keep um, going. Okay, so my rating is Eddie Izzard's Silence. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> let's, hear from, let's hear from Mandy. First of all, to all the Helen Lovejoys in the world, D means dick. <laughs> no, it means Dean. Come on. Dean Martin. Who was not in this movie. We haven't done a Dean Martin movie yet. Well, you know, none of them are unappreciated. What, what, when did he die? Uh, I don't know, but go on with your Probably in a decade we haven't done yet. Okay, so this movie, The Avengers 1998, which is based on a spy show from the 60s and later got remade into a movie with apparently Thor, the God of Thunder. <laughs> um, and Taylor Swift's boyfriend. And who's Taylor Swift's boyfriend? Tom Hiddleston. Who's Loki? Ah, Loki. Loki. Lachlan. <laughs> nah. Lachlan, brother of Thor. Go on. This movie, it it really is quite a similar, production-wise, pre-production-wise, similar to The Stepford Wives, in that a lot of things were changed, and a lot of people thought that it was changed for the worse. But much like that movie, it is... You know, you mentioned the surrealist aspect. From the filmmaking aspect, it is a movie that really tried its best to just be what it is despite all of the problems that came before it. You know, like, once more, this is a movie where originally there was going to be robots. And in the end... What is it with Hollywood and robots? Yes, in well, this is and Warner Brothers. And a lot of Brothers. unmasking Well, this is characters. Warner Brothers. Are they Hollywood? Yes. <laughs> Damn Hollywood. Well, we did have robot bees or wasps, wasps. I think. So, yeah. ticked off on the robot front. Mm-hmm. Yes. Tick, ticked. Ow, tick. I didn't even hurt myself. Why did I say ow? This movie has a lot of great performances. And, and this one, it's a British one that didn't give us any American characters, did it? Um, no. Uma Thurman? Oh, she was putting on a British accent. What? Shit. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah, no British, no American character. Brit- she's a British character, but you know, American. Would it be a plot twist? It was like, did you know that De Winters is American? <laughs> that was Sean Connery. Or, or a freaking Eddie Izzard because he doesn't say anything, so you don't know. He does say, "Oh fuck!" in a British accent. So well, okay. he doesn't. But well, Go on. the post production made it that way. This movie gives us a lot of things to think about. That comes from it being a surrealist movie, such as you know, why do they go to the maze or. You know what? Anything else in the movie? The aliens? Yeah. (laughs) Wouldn't it have been a great twist that it was aliens? Now, remind me, because I'm not the biggest Marvel fan. Wasn't there an alien thing in the Avengers movie 2012? Well, Thor and Loki are aliens. aliens. Not even technically. They are aliens. (laughs) But what, 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 like... Yeah, alien monsters descended from space to kill all of humanity. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that's where the law ties in. Ooh. 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 The Winters was right. <laughs> Took him like 12 years to get there. Yes. Years, but Englishman De Winters was right. <laughs> I feel like there's a lot more I could say about this movie, but... It's left you wordless. It has, and I, I hate to be a hate to be a Liam here, but I think you guys really said it well. So, what's your rating, buddy? If I have to give this movie a rating, um, this is going to be one of the ones where I do it a bit differently. It's, it, I want to like simulate a conversation between the movie and myself. So, and this is... I'll just, you know, be 
this isn't going to be like that one where I was like, interpret it for yourself. This one I'm going to explain. It's, it's going to be a reference to a 60s spy show. The movie walks up to me and it goes, who is number one? And I say, you are. Wow. Spylicious. You know which you know which series that's a reference to? I do not remember the name, but I do know what you're referencing. Yes, it is The Prisoner. Ah, oh, The Prisoner, yes, yes, yes. So, other people had other things to say. Ooh, you're saying that differently, so maybe you're excited. The Avengers is quite a stirring, stirring movie. I've got some positive and, yes, indeed, some negative reviews here from IMDb in regards to the 1998 classic The Avengers. The first one is a 10-star review because we want to start off happy. It's called Far From Left Field. And this was written in 1998, so the movie had just come out. Fresh. Well, I don't know how this one slipped through the studio system, but I'm very glad it did. When I heard about an Avengers movie, I assumed it would be getting a bastardized Hollywood formula movie, and it would resemble some of the recent Bond films more than the original series. But I was thrilled to find the film had the same wonderful sense of absurdity as the show. Smiley face. Hmm. I think of a lot of people. I think a lot of people are unaware that. I think of people. A lot of people are unaware this is a complete comedy. This being the case, is it's not surprising people think it's bad, but that's their problem. The comedy style is not a popular one. It's a particular style of generally British humour, best described as complete and utter nonsense. If you have no appreciation for absurdity, then you will not like this film. Nothing in the Avengers should be taken at face value. It's a load of... Shit. And might I add, they, each time they write shit, they just put a bunch of asterisks after the S, so <laughs> they're being polite about it. Oh, it's maybe <laughs> saying slut. Yeah. It's a load of slut. Steed and Peel are full of slut. <laughs> That's the point. No one acts the way they do. They are both constantly trying to out-cocky each other. <laughs> the world of the Avengers is a place where small things are taken with the utmost seriousness and, and important things are not taken seriously at all. The Avengers purposely doesn't explain things. Yeah, purposely. It's not supposed to make sense. That would ruin it. It's the little things in the Avengers that make it shine. Small asides from left field that seem to go over most people people's heads. Fines and Thurman are different from are different than McNee and Rig, but I'm not sure they're much worse. Fines could perhaps have been a bit more cheerful. <laughs> Thurman's whole Thurman's whole screen presence is so vastly different from Riggs that it's impossible to compare. But I did enjoy Thurman's version of the infall infallible peel. Connery going nuts was fun to see too. <laughs> BTW, Eddie Izzard not talking was the point of him being there. Get it? Having Eddie, Eddie Izzard in your movie and not having him say anything is, to my mind, very funny. <laughs> it's very hard to explain to people who flock to films like The Water Boy why a film like The Avengers is so funny. Most people, I guess, will just never get it. I got it, and I'm glad that there are plenty of other people who did too. 
Congrats to the filmmakers for daring to be different and convincing the studio into let into letting you spend seventy million dollars. And then they wrote eight out of ten. So did um so he thinks it's sort of like Blade Runner because that has a lot of like theories and not explaining a lot of things, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, and I believe this movie has a few references. Well, I hope that we get the director's cut to this. <laughs> like Blade Runner. I, I I did read somewhere that apparently the chess match they had there was like the exact same match from Blade Runner. Really? I think that was a trivia point. Well, this person may explain some more. This is much better than expected. Nine stars. <clears throat> oh, that's the most original title ever. Uh, it's also from 2005, so quite some time after. In spite of all the negative reviews and the low rating, I've immensely enjoyed this new version of The Avengers. No, it does not replace Patrick McNee, nor Diana Rigg, but it's not supposed to, so that does not count. Yet what positively surprised me is that the film does have the flavour of the original Avengers, that it is full of understatements and the acting is in is and the acting is in the difficult vein of what I call grotesque underacting. Yeah, that's a new style. You should, we, we, we've all studied drama. We've got to, we've got to coin that too. <laughs> Uma Thurman delivers a worthy M appeal with more than enough man appeal to keep me starry-eyed for the screen, to the screen for 90 minutes. Mr. Fines combines distinction, humor, and resolution in a way that is worthy of John's Mr. John Steed. The plot is original yet partly predictable, but aren't all of the original Avengers episodes predictable by modern audiences? It isn't uh, isn't isn't a Mozart symphony predictable? Add this to this. Add this. The cinematography je- that is just delicious. And you know, a real audience treat, even for those who consider themselves longtime Avengers fans like me. <laughs> what was that person's username? Uh, 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 I don't know. My, you can read it. Uh, it's from Amsterdam. Michelle Cousine? Yeah. Hey. Uma Thurman, Michelle Cousine has a crush on you. <laughs> I think he has a bit more than a crush. So this next one it doesn't have a star rating in it, uh, but, uh, on it, but it may have it in there. It's from 2003, written from the United Kingdom itself. Ooh, the uck. <laughs> a whimsical delight. More, please. <laughs> oh, polite. He, he's got the theme, uh, the law down. I am amazed at how well an American film has captured the matter-of-fact surrealism which the mathematician Dodgson, Lewis Carroll, gave to his dream child, Alice. As also it recalls the more knowing and the and oh-so-polite deconstruction wrought by the media-savvy British children of the 1960s upon the distressed remnants of England's imperial... Is that all one sentence? It's all one paragraph with commas. So it's one sentence. Yes. Wait, wait, sorry. Wrought by the media-savvy British children of the 1960s upon the distressed remnants of England's imperial aplomb. Of course, as Oscar, <laughs> sorry, of course, as Oscar Wilde may not have said, satire. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, oh, this one's got me watery in the mouth. Uh, of course, as Oscar Wilde may not have said, satire revisited is only a lukewarm cup of tea. 
but then nostalgia, especially when the satire was so gentle anyway, has its own charms. And there was, anyway, a hefty dose of nostalgia amidst the cool insuance of the original. It's it's very modern. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just laughing because Bartek's just giving me this look like, this person's a genius and I agree. Um, uh, yes, um, was a manifestation of traditional, of the tradition was encountered. It was the utterly unruffled mane of the original which prevailed over all lapses from reason and good taste. So at its best, in the new cinema version, this is indeed a brave try by Hollywood to draw us back into the black and white psychedelia of swinging 60s British commercial television. The sheer madness of the Enterprise almost works. If the money men hadn't had cold feet at the last minute, we might have been enjoying a really remarkable fantasy film. As it is, we must content ourselves with a merely very amusing piece of whimsy. Even though the potholes left by a nervous editor, we can see some wonderfully mad logic at work. The Ensher-inspired architecture of the baddies... Ensher? Yes. Of the baddies' stately home in which Mrs. Peel at one point loses her way encapsulate the, this whole dream trip of a movie. And for those who don't get it, I can only say... Humour is like that, very dependent on individual taste. Is he, wait, you said you don't get it, so is he calling you out? He's calling me out. But even allowing for taste, it is a sad reflection on public taste that The Avengers overwhelmingly offends filmgoers who are probably quite prepared to accept the ever more overblown superheroes of a, f of a far more violent tradition, such as... Batman or The Hulk. Of course, these two are clearly representative of the particularly adolescent taste for the extreme and crude for which the contemporary Hollywood production line largely exists. And then this is in brackets. There is every sign that Eddie Izzard's character was originally intended to satirize mega buck entertainment and mega buck villains as being really just spoiled brats with their expensive toys. N brackets. Uh, where was that? <laughs> I wish I saw that in there, but... The genteel quirks of the English-inspired concept of the Avengers are, in their essence, and, and, however silly, just too irritatingly grown up for such hyperactive youth ever to endure sitting still for... A pity the film was not left alone upon release to find its own friends. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't an earlier review mention that The Waterboy came out that year? Yeah, well, yeah, this Could film... Could friends with that one. Like a... Sh okay. A pity that the film was not left alone upon its release to find its own friends. Like a stray cat that will carefully choose whom it will exercise its feline charm upon. And what... And what more feline than Uma Thurman in Mrs. Peel's cat suit? This is certainly not the sort of film to toss in, into an auditorium full of baying first-run morons, but I suspect that this is a film with more than one life. <laughs> Wasn't that great? I think this guy in Michelle Cuisine <laughs> should fight over Uma Thurman. So we've got two more, le we've got two more left here, wow. and this is a negative one. 
Oh no. Bartek, I think you really like it. <laughs> oh dear, I'm gonna get uh, <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> Okay, go. From 1999, year after. <clears throat> yeah, my brother was born. This sucks even more than a dry cleaner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do dry cleaners suck? <laughs> they did. Really? Oh, I didn't know that. I thought they blew, but okay. Okay. This movie is pure molested shit. <laughs> oh, so this one's not slut, it's shit? Oh, no, it's asterisked, but it's got a T at the end as well, oh. so it could be slut. But we'll go with shit. This film is pure molested shit. First off, I, I'm just up for a moment. I love that it's pure and molested. <laughs> this film is pure molested shit. Lazy actings... <laughs> except except Connery, who's always good. Lazy, lousy script and over the edge bad holdings. Where's the people when they're <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Where's the people when they're driving around in London? Not one single person walks by. Needed <laughs> need it be the told any oh, sorry. Need it be told anymore? Actually, 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 no. But I can't help but wonder why Mrs. Peel had an evil twin. Sometimes you don't understand if it's the twin or her. Heck, maybe it was the twin that survived and not the heroine. Yeah, right. A bit confused. <laughs> sucks, sucks. Wait, wait. Sucks, 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 and sucks even more. Minus one or rated bomb or turkey or overcrossed or or overcrossed sign or below zero or and that's the end of the did, did I not say earlier that someone was going to mention a thing of like, maybe the evil clone survived? But I love that they no sense that review, but I loved it. And then the last one. Does it have like an end on punctuation or does it just cut off? It just dot dot dot. Oh, I see. Or, but this is the last one from 2000. I'm terribly sorry, but I liked this movie. Might I add, I think most of the reviews that I've read have been from Sweden oh, for okay. some reason. I think, like, that's one, two... Except the Uck guy. No, no, two... Uh, uh, that's from Amsterdam, so that doesn't count. Yeah, two, two of them, and then Amsterdam. So it's close enough. This one, I'm terribly sorry, but I like this movie. No star review in this one. <laughs> Clearly didn't like it. <laughs> but they liked it. I like this movie. Okay. So it might just be a leaf in the wind, but it's not that bad. It was quite odd, and in many ways, very... <laughs> they wrote very with V-E-H-E-R-Y. V-E-H-E-R-Y. Very Now I am, of course, not talking about the... About poor Ralph Northurman, I'm of course relating to hilarious Sean Connery. I laugh my head off at his quote, Peel, Emma Peel, and you all know who I am. Since this is an agent movie, and he is the king of a, and he is the king of agent. Well, you know, <laughs> I'd give the Avengers six out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I'll give the Avengers six out of ten. Six out of ten. And I really don't understand what's so bad about it. It sure is ten times better than many, many other movies. Now prepare yourself. <laughs> okay. Well, 
As oh God. Well, as Eminem. <laughs> yeah, I'll read it, I'll read no, it. No, 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 no. Screw you. Well, as Eminem should have said, if you don't like my taste, sue me. <laughs> That's the end of the review. Love, well, as Eminem should have said, if you don't like my taste... Oh, I thought, Sue me. I thought he was going to lead into, like, other movies. And then he mentioned Eminem, like, oh, he's going to talk about an Eminem movie? Like, no. Well, as Eminem should have said, if you don't like my taste, sue me. Uh, that movie brought tears of joy, tears of confusion, lots of tears. The Eminem movie? No. <laughs> no, The Avengers with Eminem. But also, Grace Jones did the song at the end, the, her James Bond song about mm. the weather. <laughs> Did you hear that in the no. end credits? It was like this James Bond rip-off James Bond <laughs> song about cold weather. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not shouting. I remember that. Okay, when we're done with this, I'm going to play that for you. Is it, it the is, credits song? Yeah, it's the final credits song. Oh, I skipped through the credits. Okay, so it is the credits. You did hear Grace Jones, who was a James Bond uh, henchman for Christopher Walken in A View to Kill, singing like... Bad weather! This is like <laughs> the greatest thing. So you guys have been great, fantastic, wonderful, amazing, splendiferous listening people. And for you guys out there, keep yourselves safe. Because Sean Connery could be controlling the weather. We don't know what he's been doing since he retired. Some say that this, along with the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, made him retire from movies. Mm-hmm. But I think... Maybe Those just... two movies made him retire because you can't get any higher. Well, I think he said some, <laughs> but it was Sean Connery himself. <laughs> <laughs> Sean Connery is not just one man, but several people combined together. You guys have been fantastic for being able to listen to us talk about an amazing film, to be able to understand the concepts, not only that we're trying to convey, but the film, but also to imagine Lauren naked for this entire podcast. Uh, you typical... really struggled for that one, but I can understand. In typical Donald Trump style, we're not going to thank you for listening, we're going to congratulate you for listening. <laughs> well Good done, job, guys. guys. Um, until next time, be kind to each other. Knock, knock. Who's there? See ya. See ya who? Bye. (laughs)